0: You're listening to the news on RTHK.
1: Europe is on its back. Now it's really impacting everything.
0: Economic efficiencies, which means some more job
1: opportunities. More stable investment has been preferred as a Money
2: for nothing.
0: Good morning and welcome to Money for Nothing with me, Renita Malhotra Hora. U.S. stocks climbed with global equities and bonds from Spain to Italy amid optimism that a deal between Greece and its creditors will soon be reached. Greece has been given 48 hours to reach a deal as EU leaders weigh the debt. And China's margin trades buckle as the sell-off puts $364 billion at risk. Asian futures are also signaling gains on Greece optimism. Alexis Cyprus has 48 hours to make the final push needed to satisfy creditors and end a five-month standoff over aid that risks splitting the euro. We'll discuss Greece in more detail this morning, along with a look at markets and investment opportunities in Vietnam our guests today include Netix's Apex Alicia Garcia-Herrero, GeoSecurity's Francis Lund, and Asia Frontier Capital's Andreas Vogelsanger. And Enzio von Feil is guest host today. Good morning, Enzio.
3: Good morning to you, Renita.
0: Enzio, Angela Merkel told reporters in Brussels after the meeting that the package of proposals represents a certain step forward but that all parties are not yet where they need to be. So what would you say is left to bring closure to the situation?
3: More pressure from America on Angela Merkel. It seems to me as if she's becoming Jack Lew's poodle in this whole matter (laughs) because there's a lot of concern about... Russia, Greece going into the arms of Russia, I think that's utter nonsense myself, but I think that the Americans telling everybody what to do anyway will be telling her to go and get this go get him and get this deal done with.
0: Mm-hmm. Enzio, you certainly have your way with words.
3: (laughs) I don't think I'm going to be a diplomat.
0: (laughs) All right, we'll save that one. The emergency meeting between Greece and its creditors, as we said, has ended on a note of optimism that a deal will be reached, hopefully by the end of this week. The Greek economy minister, Georgios Stathakis, said earlier that his government's proposals would break the deadlock in talks with the creditors. Our expectation is that it will be a very positive communicate, underlying also the areas where the technical details have uh, to be fixed in the next uh, day or so. The basic idea was very simple. Uh, there will be new taxation on business and the wealthier part of the society, And we will save pensions and wages. This is the very basic idea. So we try to remove the tax burden from uh, pensions and wages towards business and wealth. Speaking at a news conference following the emergency summit in Brussels, European Council President Donald Tusk said that he was happy with the progress in discussions.
2: As the last hours have shown we can see all parties fully committed to finding a solution. The new Greek proposals to the three institutions are a positive step forward according to the initial assessment of the institutions. They will be further assessed over the coming hours. Work must now proceed swiftly in the Eurogroup, Prime Minister Tsipras and the institutions will work together now so that the Eurogroup can achieve results on Wednesday evening that can be presented Thursday morning.
0: Shares in Athens jumped 7%, while the German and French markets finished nearly 4% higher. In the U.S., the Nasdaq jumped three-quarters of a percent to a new record high of 5,153. The Dow and the S&P 500 were also up half a percent to 18,119 and 2,122, respectively. One concern raised was that some of the Greek proposals might have a recessionary effect, but European Commission President Jean-Claude Juncker said that the Commission had thought about this and was ready to offer funds to invest in the real economy.
2: So the Commission is ready to provide to Greece 35 billions and more from now to 2020, front-loading some measures in a way that even 1 billion could be dispersed in the second semester of this year. I would like the Greek public,
0: the normal Greeks, the ordinary Greeks, which are not less intelligent than the elites in Europe, to know that we are offering 35 billion in order to enhance the growth perspectives of Greece in the next coming years. This is part of our proposals. The question now is whether the Greek parliament, which is dominated by lawmakers from the Syriza coalition, will support this tentative accord. Here's Harvard University professor Nicholas Burns.
1: It was always probable to me that the Greek government would have to compromise in the end. It's not in the interest of the Greek government to see an exit uh, by Greece from the Eurozone because that would be... Deeply injurious economically, and it would be very risky for them politically because they might likely they very may likely move, lose power. So, um, if this requires a vote in the Greek Parliament, there will be at least a mini rebellion within Syriza itself. Uh, Alexis Tsipras, the Prime Minister, is um, a more pragmatic member of that alliance. There are radicals to his left that don't want to see any compromise with the European. Uh, with the Europeans and the IMF. So I think it'll be a risk, but it may be a necessary uh, fix because the Greek government, um, I think, has frustrated the Europeans, particularly the Germans. They've not put forward any serious proposals until today over mm-hmm. the last several months of negotiations. That might be the test then, a vote in the Greek parliament that the Europeans insist.
0: So one thing uh, that uh, everybody is still worried about is whether a deal, if not reached, could spell an end to the euro. Here's Professor Bruns again.
1: I think it would it'd be, it'd be rash to predict that. Uh, the Europeans seems to have, seem to have convinced themselves that they could sustain an exit by Greece. They've certainly talked that way in the negotiations. I think it's been an element in their, the psychology behind their negotiations with the Greeks. I think it would be too much to say that this would inevitably lead to a major crisis in the Eurozone. It could happen, but then again the European Union might be able to manage an exit by Greece. And I think that has really taken away the leverage that this Syriza government felt it had several months ago they felt in the end that the Germans and the EC the European Central Bank would compromise that did not happen and so what you've essentially seen in this giant game of diplomatic chicken between Greece and the EU you've seen Greece compromise and that was all uh, likely all along
0: all right, let's bring in our first guest of this morning, Natixis Asia-Pacific's chief economist, Alicia Garcia-Herrero. Good morning, Alicia. Good morning. So, Alicia, it appears that uh, one issue that was not discussed in the meetings was that of debt relief. Uh, when one of the reporters asked Juncker about this uh, in the press conference following the meeting, he simply didn't want to address it. Now, don't you think that this is uh, an issue that, actually does require discussion at this
4: point well the strategy so far has been that you know first get a deal and then we'll talk about that li- relief now however it, it looks really awkward to me that Juncker is offering 32 billion rather than just offering that money for that relief I mean Greece doesn't need money for bridges Greece so. needs money for that relief that's what they should be discussing Well, this is exactly
0: the point. So, um, you know, it it seems to me that debt relief and any discussion around it would be the crux of, you know, the,
4: the agreement that they would need to reach. What do you say? Absolutely. And this is why having thought all along that there would be a deal, that Greece would not default, and I think we're seeing that very close already, it doesn't mean it would be a good deal. This will be, again, a deal which needs to be renegotiated at a later stage. So, coming to that point about whether if a deal is not reached, could it possibly spell an end to the euro? I don't think so. I mean, um, first of all, uh, there's already lots of firewalls that weren't there before. Think about the ESM. I mean, it's just a huge European monetary fund. We can't forget that. Second, there's no way for us... Europeans to just tell the Greeks to go. I mean, there's no legal framework for that. So it will be so messy and so long, longer than what it has taken so far to discuss a deal. So I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, it, it won't happen and therefore it won't have, it won't mean that there will be an exit to the euro. It just won't happen even for Greece. So I, I don't think it's a discussion at this point in time.
0: Alicia, what do you make of one of the concerns that, you know, parts of the Greek proposal could have recessionary effects? I mean, Juncker said, no, we're definitely thinking through this and ready to offer all of this money for investment in the real economy. Do you agree?
4: Well, the the truth is that uh, we're asking the Greeks to make efforts, which is good. I understand that. But the point is how to do it. I mean, there's many ways to come up with a, a primary surplus, which, by the way, Greece already has. But there are ways that are more recessionary than others. Now, it so happens that those that are more recessionary are more akin to, to Syriza because their constituency will, will accept them more, meaning, for example, you know, business taxes and so on. So those will be more recessionary than others. And the problem is really that Europe doesn't seem to have the strength to tell Greece what kind of measures to take. It's only about what the primary surplus should be.
3: Alicia, why are we not getting more noises about Syriza, of all parties, not going after the fat cats? It seems (laughs) as if it's um, very chic in Greece not to pay taxes. And it is, in (laughs) fact, even legal that the Greek shipping companies do not pay taxes. That's part of law, from what I've understood. And this is just surprising that they're going to be raising food vat by 23%, which is going to hit the little guy. But we're not reading anything about them going after the fat cats. Why is that?
4: Because I think it's blurred into one more uh, very um, uh, absolutely crazy uh, measure as well, that pensions actually cover more than 50% of the population in Greece, meaning it also goes to people who shouldn't be receiving it. So because of these fat cats that you're discussing are actually an enlarged part of the population, when people say, okay, if they go after that one, they'll go after me as well, and I'm a middle-class citizen, that's, I think, where the support comes from. That is so pervasive that it's very hard to really identify those <laughs> that, you know. So, again, it's easier to come up with measures that are more recessionary but less uh, clear on the impact of each individual. And I think that's what's happening, which is unfortunate.
0: So then, this brings back the question as to whether these measures or these discussions will actually be supported by Greek parliament.
4: Frankly, I think they will. Now, I think Greece will now pass the ball back to Europe. I mean, now we are on the Greek uh, camp and the ball will go back to Europe And to Hollande, for example, you know, um, uh, the declaration that now, you know, let's discuss about debt relief later and let's make it happen. I think that's where the European politicians will have to say how much of debt relief and how real it will be. And if it's really real, maybe all of this can be rearranged later. I mean, I think it's I don't think we can have any other measure that may be approved, but the ones that are on the table will probably be approved very, very likely.
0: Enzio, you know, what Syriza wants is anti-austerity. And this is what Cyprus has been saying all along. But these measures on the table, do they spell anti-austerity?
3: You're asking the wrong person because I am very leery of the Greeks, even when they bring gifts. (laughs) So um, I think that the Greeks, frankly, have had a very nice deal with the euro. They don't really want the austerity. And if they do, it's – I get back to the point that Alicia and I were discussing. I feel sorry for the little guy who's going to be having to pay 23% more for his or her food, whilst the fat cat swans around at Annabelle's in London worrying about having to pay taxes one day to the Greek authorities. So I'm afraid that the Greeks got used to quite a cushy lifestyle, and I don't think that they really want to go further. They have already – paid quite a high price already anyway. Now they're being asked the little guy to pay even more. That's going to be very politically very disruptive, and that's why I would respectfully differ perhaps with Alicia, because I think that the parliament will be very leery of a 23% food price VAT.
4: Alicia, your thoughts? Well, I I just think that uh, there... I mean, if the, if the public were, you know, absolutely on top of everything, maybe I would agree. But the truth is that, you know, when one looks at uh, Greek newspapers, the key issues there are pensions won't be touched, which they won't. Wages won't be touched, which they won't. The peer won't be privatized to the Chinese, which it won't. I mean, according to... So, so because they have these uh, themes there, I think, you know, this can be sold as... Pyrrhic, and this is exactly, you know, yes. the Greek way to say it, a Pyrrhic victory eventually for Greece. But at this point in time, it may look like a victory.
0: All right, Alicia, thank you so much for joining us this morning. That is Alicia Her- Garcia Herrero, and she is the chief economist at Natixis Asia Pacific. Well, the biggest tumble in Chinese shares since 2008 is proving especially painful for margin traders as their favorite stocks sink faster than the benchmark index, raising the risk, of course, of forced liquidations. The 30 equities in Shanghai with the highest levels of margin debt relative to tradable shares have dropped 17 percent on average since the market peaked on June 12th. Now, that's versus a 13 percent decline for the Shanghai Composite. Margin positions on the City's bourse fell for the first time in a month last Friday. Let's bring in Francis Lun, who is the CEO of Geo Securities. Good morning, Francis. Hey,
5: good morning, Anita.
0: So, Francis, is this a sign that leveraged investors are unwinding bets?
5: Well, they've been cut. Uh, they are not unwinding. They've been forced. Uh, I've even when uh, when they're trading at something like uh, three to five times uh, uh, leverage, uh, if the stock value falls something like twelve percent, they will they will be forced to cut their their their, their uh, for sale of their stocks. But of course, in China, you ha- you have the daily limit of ten percent. So if the stock falls. Two ten 10%, then you cannot cut further, then you have to wait for the next day to, to, to cut and to fall another 10%. So I think, uh, 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 that is why you have the domino effect, uh, last Friday. You had the, uh, market falling more than 300 points. But then I think this, it, this actually is healthy for the market. The market has gone up too fast, uh, has gone up too much with uh, too little uh, really support, and uh, and 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 if it falls twenty percent, I'm not really surprised at all because uh, the valuations are outrageous, especially for the uh, jam bot. is is on the ridiculous level, so I think. Uh, Uh, By bursting the bubble at this stage, I think the rally uh, uh, can be sustained for a little bit longer, maybe until the end of the year before we really face a big crash.
0: So, Francis, if uh, the traders are really operating, as you say, you yeah. know, based upon these limits that they have every day and every day they're sort of selling a little bit more, yeah. does that signal the possibility then of a further market decline this week?
5: Well, it, it really depends on sentiment because the, the, the sentiment uh, was very bearish last Friday because of false sales. But today, I think uh, people are looking at the other way. There was some rumor yesterday already that this. Central bank's going to cut interest rates. So, so, uh, it, it really depends on which side you're on. You, you just spread some rumor and then the market moves your way either up or down.
0: How realistic is that that the central bank uh, cuts interest rates and is if if that happens is is it because uh, the government actually wants to support the stock market
5: yeah definitely the, the, the government does not want the bull market to die The, 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 the government fears the uh, bear market because it 's not good for uh, the economy
3: Francis, what could actually then trigger a big crash? You said something later on. Sort of say December or so. Yeah, well, um, uh, uh,
5: if, if you look at uh, at the past, uh, every every major bull market was uh, created by a government overregulation, like the one in two thousand and eight, and the government introduced double stamp duty. And then the market crashed from 6,100 to, I think, 1,500 or something like that. So, uh, of course, there was a lot of bubble, but it's... uh, it's not yet quite as bubble as, uh, 2007, but of, but of course, some gen and the gen bot is already, uh, uh, too much bubble, the devi- valuations are too high. But I think for the Shanghai index, I think if it falls to 4,000, I would say it's a good, uh, uh and acceptable. But What
3: could the government then introduce by way of regulatory? Acts? Well,
5: well, they can do many things. They can just forbid uh, the they, uh, uh, margin trading. They, well, the government can do anything in China. They can just cut out margin trading at uh, uh, at once, and then they can introduce a double stem duty. Right now, you only pay stem duty when you buy, it, and you don't have to pay when you sell, something like that. So, so if the government is uh, Weary of the market uh, Rising too much They will act To cool it down But right now I don't think The government Wants to cool it down
0: All right, Francis Thank you so much For joining us this morning That is Francis Lun And he is The CEO Of GEO Securities When you see The
2: M Mark logo You know that You're watching A world class Sports event You are watching Hong Kong's Elite athletes Compete for honours With other leading International sports stars Join us in supporting Hong Kong's athletes. Come and enjoy the excitement of M Mark events, Hong Kong's top sporting events. To find out more, please visit www.mevents.org.hk.
0: The time is now 8.24 a.m. And you're listening to Money for Nothing with me, Renita Malhotra Hora. Well, Vietnam has just seen a GDP growth of 6.12% in the second quarter of 2015. Does this present an opportunity for investors? Let's bring in Asia Frontier Capital, Vietnam's CEO, Andreas Vogelsang. Good morning, Andreas.
2: Good morning, Renita.
0: So, Andreas, we've uh, sort of been reading, uh, you know, in the news, about how investment has been shifting towards Vietnam. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about how much of a reality this is and uh, what it means for investors?
2: Yeah, well, um, Vietnam definitely gets slowly but surely on the radar screen of more and more investors uh, It's an exciting story happening. I mean, it's definitely after the bear market between 2007-2012, where the market in Hanoi corrected over 80%. We now see finally um, um, a sustainable recovery happening. So you see inflation under control, uh, interest rates came down, improving trade balances, foreign reserves are increasing. So all positive factors. And looking ahead, you know, it's uh, now we have ASEAN uh, as a community which uh, starts kicking in. Uh, Vietnam will be a, a great beneficiary of that. And, and as well, the Trans-Pacific Partnership Agreement, which uh, Obama put finally with a lot of pain, but he managed to put it on fast track. So it has a really good chance to be passed and... Um, and, and being implemented, and the Trans-Pacific Partnership Agreement is, is a huge trading agreement, as well, which uh, Vietnam will be the key beneficiary, given that it's a very small uh, economy with a GDP per capita around 2,000 US dollar. Just to put that in perspective, Singapore has around 55,000 US dollar GDP per capita, and uh, China around 6,800. Andreas,
0: um, you know, if you look at the performance of funds and certainly, you know, funds in Vietnam versus the indices, the market vectors Vietnam ETF has lost 10.5 percent in the last year, while the VN index has actually gained five and a half percent. So why is it that ETFs are not working?
2: Um, ETFs don't work in Vietnam. You're absolutely right. And, And this is mainly due to is a uh, fact that we have foreign ownership limits at 49% for non-strategic companies. And uh, and ETFs uh, try to track an index. And uh, and lots of these blue chips and the index names are actually already filled up with uh, foreign investors. And, and hence, ETFs have a very tough time replicating the market and, uh, and do very poorly, to be frank.
3: Andreas, just... As an ex-American myself, I nearly got drafted into the Vietnam War. So what I ask is a little bit tainted, which is will the U.S. make Vietnam an ally? And if so, will that help the market? So that's question number one. And question number two is what your view on the currency is, because even if the market goes up, it's fine and good. But if the currency goes down, then for the non non sort of dong investor, this thing isn't going to be so great. What do you think?
2: Uh, very good questions. I mean – on one hand, yes, the Americans, I mean, as a trading partner, uh, the U.S. becomes more and more important for Vietnam and it's uh, rapidly increasing in trade. Um, y- you know, we have all these, uh, the Trans-Pacific uh, Partnership Agreement will have a huge impact in terms of further accelerating that. Uh, already now, uh, Vietnam becomes the manufacturer of the U.S. very, uh, really, very rapidly and uh, taking that uh, number one position maybe one day. Um, Regarding currency, uh, the Vietnamese dong is actually a very stable currency since three years, and um, and that's part of the sustainable recovery which I was mentioning earlier. uh, The government said they're going to devalue it uh, 2% this year. They said uh, the same thing last year, and they actually devalued 1.5% last year in 2014. And we expect that this will probably be the same case in 2015. So the currency, two uh, percent is nothing really. It's uh, what what uh, the euro does on a uh, on, on a hectic day, easily in one day, a two percent move. So.
0: Thank you, Andreas. Uh, unfortunately, we are out of time, uh, but thank you for joining us this morning. That is Andreas Vogelsanger, and he is Asia Frontier Capital, Vietnam's CEO. Let's take a quick look at the numbers now. The Nikkei is up 0.86% to 20,604. Australia's ASX 200 index is up 1.23% this morning to 5,671. And Solskosby also up six. percent tenth of a percent to 2,068. In currencies, 1 euro is currently valued at 1.13 US dollars. The US dollar is trading at 123.41 yen and 1 pound sterling will buy you 11, excuse me, 12 Hong Kong dollars and 26 cents or 1 US dollar and 58 cents. Gold currently valued at 1,183 dollars and 80 cents per ounce and Brent crude oil at 63 dollars and 20 21 cents. So here we are at the end of the show, uh, end of a Tuesday. We've got uh, more decisions on Greece to look forward to later in the week. Enzio, what else should we be keeping our eyes on?
3: I think that the whole issue of the Middle East is getting lost in this discussion. I think it's a, it's this, this tragedy that I don't think I need to repeat. Or we all have our own thoughts on that. I'm just surprised that one, I think one should keep one's eye on the Swiss franc. I think it's a very under looked at currency it's actually risen by some 200 percent or some 130 percent over the past 30 years in real terms exports have gone up 200 percent so i laying the myth that a strong currency is bad for exports um i also think though i think that the top of the pops is going to be Greece. my own rather sardonic views that the trojan horse will win the game of chicken
0: All right, Enzio, thank you for joining us this morning. That's Enzio von Feil, uh, investment strategist at Private Capital and our guest host regularly on Money for Nothing. I'm Renita Malhotra Hora, wrapping up for this morning's show. A quick look at the weather forecast. Today it'll be cloudy with squally showers and a few thunderstorms. Showers will be heavy at times. The temperature right now is 26 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity is 97%. Here's Samantha Butler with the news. A day after quitting the Civic Party and his seat in the Legislative Council, Ronnie Tong says the pan Democrats should field only one candidate in a by-election for his LegCo seat. Mr Tong's decision to leave the party he co-founded was expected, but his departure from LegCo was a surprise. Pan-Democrat lawmakers have urged him to stay until next year's LegCo election so they can keep their numbers in the Council. Mr Tong told RTHK this morning he hoped Civic Party member and fellow barrister Alvin Yeung could win his empty seat. If there is a by-election,
3: and I seriously hope that my successor, Alvin Young would win it, then there's no harm done to the party. Where you have a by-election, provided the pandemocrats democrats agree that they would only feel one candidate, not